Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. So you've committed to run that marathon you've always been dreaming of doing, or that half marathon you thought a year ago was totally beyond you. And now, the reality of that commitment is setting in. Your family and friends know all about it, and worse still, you've told everyone on Instagram and Strava about your plan. But the doubts are creeping in. Here today to talk to us about what we can do when it all feels like too much. And I do mean here today, for the very first time in almost 12 months of this series, it's my coach and yours, Irish athletics legend, Sonia Sullivan, here with me in the room, Sonia. How weird is this? This is so weird. I haven't hardly done an in-person interview of any sort, you know, in a long time. And now we're doing an in-person <laughs> podcast <laughs> here. In RTA. <laughs> it's going to take a while to get used to it. Yeah, we need to set the scene. We are sitting in Sonia's dressing room here in the hallowed halls of the National Broadcaster RT, where Sonia has been doing punditry since the track events began last week at the Olympics. We've uh, been following you and your athletes across social media, or as best we can, those that you trained in Utah and at the Nike HQ in Beaverton. Give us an update on how each one of them is doing to start with. Uh, well, from my group over in America, um, we have only had two athletes compete so far. Okay. And they've actually been doing pretty good. So we had Raven Rogers, and she made it through the heats into the semi final, and now is into the 800 meter final, which will take place tomorrow. So that's you know, the best eight girls, eight women's 800 meter runners in the world. And is that a relief? Like, do you, did you go, thank God for that? Oh yeah, it was a bit tight in the semi-final because it was just the top two across the line. So it's yeah. like, it's fairly cutthroat, the 800 meter qualification, um, as is like the, all the shorter sprint events where it's just eight going to the final. Mm. So it's nerve wracking because, you know, you can be good enough to be in the final, but then you might be unlucky the type of semi-final you run in it might be a slow one and you know there's more than two who you know can beat each other but only two can go through yeah i heard you so say that was this. a huge relief yeah and i heard you say this in relation to uh nadia power uh irish athlete who failed to qualify did her absolute level best but has obviously like a lot of these athletes been running kind of time trialy type things and suddenly are in these kind of race situations where race management is what it's all about. Yeah, you really have to look at how to progress through the rounds rather than your overall time. I mean, mm. it's good for your confidence to know that you can run a fast time, you know, to th do things like break Irish records, run personal bests. But when it comes down to it, you have to be tactically aware of what's going around you, but you also have to be good enough to react and yeah. to have that ability to kind of change gears at the latter part of the race, no matter what pace it goes out and if it's slow or if it's fast. And that varies from race to race. Yeah, and Jessica Hull obviously was like, well, first of all, the photos of Jessica <laughs> were absolutely hilarious. She just smiled her way through <laughs> that heat it was unbelievable i see her looking up at the screen and she's smiling like someone's taking her picture and everybody else is head down and running for the line it was the pain on their faces i know she just enjoyed that way too much 
Did she message her about that? Like, was, is that how she runs normally? I think so. Yeah, she is always very happy and does enjoy what she do, does. I mean, she's one of the athletes who I never have any issues or problems with her. She's always happy to do whatever you tell her to do and yeah. she just gets on with it. And I suppose when you've done all that hard work and then you turn up and... So her last race before this first round of the Olympics was a, a near personal best four flat for 1500 meters mm. and then in this heat she ran 405 but you know they were probably running at a pace that was about 4849 pace so that was very manageable for her um, so she was very comfortable enjoying it and you know <laughs> just life. so happy to get into the next <laughs> round so hopefully you know she will be as happy and as uh, easy going in the semi-final and then you know then really down to business for the final yeah god it was those were amazing to see and we'll have to include those in the episode notes these pictures of jessica <laughs> you'll never forget pictures you'll never see pictures like them at the olympics team ireland competitors like tom barr kira mcgean both friends of the show as i said nadia power sarah lavin and more gave it everything in their events did our country proud who are you looking forward to seeing next and what time do we have to get up to to watch? Like, that's been a problem for me, the getting up early in the yeah, middle of the night. it's pretty tough. I mean, I actually don't get up in the middle of the night. If I wake up, I might check the results. And then sometimes you'll see little clips of the races posted up on social media. Mm. But that's always a danger because then as soon as you start looking, you get involved and you and start looking awake. at more stuff. And, and, and because there's all different sports on, you can easily get dragged into it. Like I think tonight, in the middle of the night, so it'll be tomorrow morning, um, Kelly Harrington is in the boxing. So if you wake at you know, two in the morning, you'll be tempted to just check and have a look. But then as soon as that screen goes on, it just wakes you up and it's very hard to go back to sleep again. So I've been trying not to wake up. And then just as soon as I wake up in the morning, just kind of somehow look Dig back and try and find, you know, what I need to find somewhere. So uh, it's obviously Rob Heffernan's uh, guy, Brendan. Brendan Boyce, Brendan yeah. Brendan Boyce mm -hmm. is going to be running the 50k walk. Well, he's going to be walking the 50k walk. Running, the, running would be the worst <laughs> thing he could do in exactly. this situation. Um, you said Rob described him as a beast and that he loves <laughs> adversity and that he's one of these fellows who... Who eats it up? He bleeds and loves it, and it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> the harder, the better, you know. And the tougher the conditions, the better. Brendan had a, a fantastic um, result in Doha at the World Championships. I think he, he was definitely in the top ten in the 50k. But you know, the the 50k is such a grueling event that you really just have to finish on your feet, yeah. and you good chance you'll be in the top 10 really? so um, I think he might even have been sixth in Doha which was phenomenal you know if he was able to repeat that in the Olympics and if you you know if you're up that close then you may be tempted to push on and get close to the medals yeah but like that kind of heat obviously that's the most perfect preparation is to run in Doha where I'd imagine the heat is just ridiculous yeah that was one of the events where it was really really tough and so he's been through you know a situation similar to Tokyo a lot mm. of the athletes who competed in Doha at the world championships in 2019 the event was in the stadium and the stadium was air-conditioned so it brought it down to a nice kind of even 24 degrees how do you even do that like what how do they, it's open air stadium it's an open air stadium but it's, it's air conditioned yeah they had all these air conditioning vents all around the track and, and amazing it, it was the absolute perfect conditions but you know we have heard rumors that these vents were all kind of directed so that 
no matter where you were running in the stadium, the wind was behind you. <laughs> so oh, it was wow. a, a constant, artificially wind assisted. A, const, a constant wind around the track. Um, but yeah, it's a bit like when the athletes run in Monaco is one of those places where they run really fast as well. And it's similar there. There's no air conditioning, but it's outdoors. But it feels like you're running in a room because mm. it's very, very enclosed. So Brendan's on the streets, obviously. He's not running laps for 50k, is he? He is on the streets, and they do laps of two kilometers. Okay. So 25 laps of oh two kilometers. And this, the reason that they do that is because the judges can then see them more often. Because mm. if it was you know, 50k down the road, you'd have to have a lot of judges, whereas you can just have your, you know, a fixed amount of judges around the course. Because they have to check, the, there's rules, they have to keep two feet on the ground at all times. Of course, yeah, yeah. Lifting, no lifting. You yeah, know, but like, that, and that's a problem. That's going to happen. Because in the same way as when Emer was on talking about losing your form late in your run, for the walkers, that's, that's where the form goes out the window and lads will get disqualified. That's right. It's all about technique. And, then, and they also have the drink tables set up as well. The, so drink, you can, the drink table. You need to get the drinks yeah. as you're going around and that's key so for Rob's that not, distance. Rob's not there. He wouldn't go out, even though um, he's, his, he's his guy. He is his coach. I'm not sure why Rob is not there. Maybe he preferred... Instead, he's doing chin-ups in the gym <laughs> with me, yeah, with you and Durville. <laughs> he's uh, killing us at the chin-ups, you know. He says, he's doing it, he says, shall I stop now? Like, he, like he could keep going forever. I don't know if you posted this video, but uh, Sonia sent me this video of Durville, her and Rob attempting chin-ups in the gym. And I was, I was kind of relieved that you couldn't do it because this was a session that I was kind of tentatively invited to. I would have mortified myself. I can remember going to a personal trainer session and he was like, see how high you can get up there with the gin up. And eventually he was holding onto my knees and trying to lift me onto the bar. But you just haven't done a chin up in ages is that it i'm not very good at them anyway i could just about do dips i, I used to do dips as a test when i was in london at the lensbury club um it was gym i used to go to and i remember doing dips and i always knew if i was if i was because the, the key with dips and chin ups is if you're light yes you can do it's easier so i knew if i could do 10 dips and i was i was pretty light yeah but if i was anyway heavy i couldn't do them right but you do have to build up to it so now i'm on a program at the moment now i've uh, You've got it <laughs> I've, in asked, your head. I've asked for some advice i said i i sent it to our um david mchenry he's our gym guy in over there in oregon and he's actually in Tokyo with the athletes. And um, I said to him, I need a bit of help in this area. So he told me that <laughs> if you run a lot, you get good at running. If you do a lot of chin-ups or pull-ups, you're more likely to get, to get good at those. So, so um, have you taken a notion on this that I'm going to get my chin-up chin game in order? Oh, yeah. I was back in there today having a go. <laughs> so I can't do... He said, you won't be able to do one set of 25 at the moment, but you might be able to do 25 sets of one. You see, this isn't a million miles away from our topic for today because a lot of people are launching themselves into something like, I'm going to run a marathon, I'm going to do it for breast cancer, I, I've done amazing things in my life, this is the moment when I want to do it. And then it starts to dawn on you. We're, we're talking about coping with the pressure of commitment and how that goes beyond running. And it definitely feels really timely with everything that happened this week with Simone Biles and as much as she's been praised for taking the stand and raising awareness of mental health is there anything to be said for being able to see the cliff edge coming 
Well, we're going to talk about taking the decision to run marathons and 10Ks too lightly. And I guess what we're going to look at is looking into what might lie ahead for you. And I guess we're going to get Sonia's take on what she would say to herself, having been through overwhelm in the public sphere, what she would say going back. Well, where would we start with this, Sonia? Because so many people are now going right well. The Dublin City Marathon is now virtual. So there's a part of some people that is going, I can do that alone. There won't be the same kind of precipice and public humiliation if I don't pull it off. And there's other people who are just going, well, I have nothing else. I can, I can do this run. Is the first part of seeing a situation of overwhelm coming, kind of making the decision with an educated head on your shoulders to go after your target? Yeah, I think it's very easy to kind of take that leap of faith and just jump straight in and say, I can do that. Mm. And I mean, I was like that yesterday for the pull-ups because it was my idea. <laughs> let's have a competition <laughs> while we're all in there and let's film it. <laughs> and I was the same when we were in the house in Eugene for the US Olympic trials. There was a gym in the garage and I said, let's have a bench press competition. This is against like, you know, Olympic level athletes. <laughs> and I think I can just dive right in there. And, you know, of course, choose a weight that's way too heavy for me. And then you have to, you know, put your, your kind of tail between your legs and uh, go take a few steps down yeah. and peg yourself down a bit. And, and, and there's no harm in that, you know, to kind of realize that, okay, I've... Uh, I've jumped in too deep here now. I need to um, to reset and I need to take things step by step. And mm. that's the key is that you do things step by step and you don't kind of think, okay, I'm going to run the marathon. I've got to do a long run this weekend. I'm going to go out there and smash it. But, you know, you do that, then you risk injury. You risk kind of devastating yourself and thinking, oh my God, I can't do this. Mm. What, what, did I, what did I get myself into? So that's the whole thing is, you know, I suppose the sooner that you ask yourself that question what did I get myself into then the more time you have to rectify it and to actually you know put your mind to it and set a program that will take you there gradually and you know we were looking back there at your program from the very first yeah from September um, time that we started last year and getting you running and if you just look at if you go week by week you can see the gradual improvements and the increments and you know what I'm telling you to do now is it's it's a good bit ahead of what you were doing way back then big time and you were able to do that even after coming back from injury because your body was used to it and you were you had that muscle memory from doing some running so there wasn't the same risk yeah, of just you know going to say go out there and run for an hour well, but that... now you know you can do it but you also know that you have to gradually build up to it again and you in a way you kind of know how to do it yourself so you learn as you go along yeah. and you get a feel for the run you know if you go out for a run if you're doing too much or you know you kind of can get a balance of what's enough without being too much but also you know being a progression and to help you to get better as the weeks go by yeah and like this is all stuff that has cropped up time and time again across the discussions that thing of listening to what your body's telling you and knowing just kind of developing an awareness like I never knew what people were saying when they said listen to your body because I knew that a lot of the time my body wanted Kimberly Mikado's and tea and to sit down <laughs> I genuinely felt that was what my body wanted 
But as I've made, as I've said before, I've made all the mistakes there are to make at this in the first six months, I think that sense of hearing your body say enough or that's too far or we're going too fast, it's a, it is actually a conversation with your body. But this overwhelm thing happens when I think your head gets involved in this sense of, as I said at the start, people are expecting this. Now you've a lot of experience in that end of things, right? Where it feels like the nation wants this from me. Do you, you must associate heavily with this topic because you lived through that so viscerally as a young woman. I, I do to a degree, but I, I think I notice now that the athletes seem to have more, they feel like they have more responsibility to reply to the people who are watching and expecting. And it's all done through the social media and you see all the athletes and and it's probably, and sometimes it's more so the athletes who underperform rather than overperform. They feel like they have to explain their performance because people want to know. And then I suppose in a way what's different now to when I was competing was that my, if I had like a down performance, it was reported in the newspaper or the radio or the television. So it was other people's interpretation of what happened. Mm. Whereas when you're in control of your own social media, you actually can put your voice out there. And I think that's the tables have turned a little bit that way. But I don't think that athletes should feel like they have to always explain themselves because you can't explain yourself that quickly. You can't turn it around in 24 hours and say, oh, this is what happened and you know, apologize and all this kind of stuff because there's no need for it. I think mm. you have to rationalize it with yourself and understand it yourself. And that takes a lot of time. It doesn't take 24 hours. Yeah, the dust settles a lot slower than that. Yeah, and so that's why I think sometimes when athletes make these rash decisions and make an announcement very quickly, you kind of think, did they take enough time to make that decision? Because once you say something out loud, then it's very hard to step back and to change your mind. I mean, mm. the perfect example, I suppose, is Stephen Scullion, when he, you know, he, uh, he's been known to make these announcements on Twitter and God knows where else, Instagram and stuff, and say that he's retiring or he's not running in the Olympics and then has second thoughts about it. And, I mean, he's managed to somehow, I think he must have some people in his corner who say to him, listen, that was a bit rash. You need to reassess here and convince him that you've been working your whole life for this. You can't just throw it away just because you're having a down day or a bad day. You've got to weigh all these things up and realize that, hang on a second, this is actually what you really want to do. And we all go through these ups and downs and, you know, different thoughts go into your head. And you might some days feel like you never want to do that again. You never want to go out for a run again. But then, you know, eventually it comes back around and you realize that, yeah, no, this, I do want to do this. I enjoy this. It's part of my life. It's part of who I am. Yeah, like this is, again, I'm trying to see the parallels between like the Stephen Scullion and the person who's gone and made their commitment to run even a half or couch to 10K. And they've probably had a few drinks and felt like the training plan is too much. There's just too much to get through. 
and they maybe decide and I do associate this with my own injury where I felt like I'd let everybody down I felt like I've overdone it I've let my ego take control I thought I was invincible and now I've got this problem with my leg uh, the plan to run and this was the plan for people that don't know the plan was to run 2,000 kilometers for Jigsaw uh, the Youth Mental Health Centre for Ireland raise as much money as possible within 12 months and you were the first person to pull me aside and go nobody says it has to be 12 months like you're the one that said that how much is that part of this that getting people to go so what you're not gonna run this one if you're feeling this way there'll be others and just to release that valve a little bit yeah, I think a lot of that could come down to a little bit of Irish guilt, you know. It's like, you kind of, I said I was going to do it, so I'm going to do it. Yeah. My mammy will be so disappointed. Yeah. It's like today I didn't have that much time. I was in RTA on the, we were doing the commentary or whatever, the special, special comments this morning with Peter Collins, myself and Durable. And then we went and we had a coffee and we went and we had to get something to eat. And then I hadn't, still hadn't been out for a run or done. I wasn't actually wasn't going for a run today, but I wanted to do something. And I have the bike in the back of my car, you know, ready to go for a spin, but it's it's in two pieces, so it's a bit of an effort to put it together. So I was in connect, I was in contact with one of our athletes in America, who unfortunately is not at the Olympics. Donovan Brazier, he's had surgery, so he's been doing some cross training, and he'd asked me for a bike session, and then I kind of said, I'll do it with you. <laughs> and I just got it in my head that I was going to do a bike session in the gym, and I had to squeeze it in. Mm. And, you know, it's like, no, as soon as it was in my head, I, I couldn't not do it because I had already, I had told him I was going to do it. I told Durville I was going to go on the bike. Yeah. And, and I just had to go in there. And, yeah. And I mean, I had not very much time and I was squishing it in. And then I had to get changed, unchanged, <laughs> come back up here, be get, remade up. Get to here. Yeah. <laughs> turned around and put out looking half decent on TV again tonight. All because of some restriction that you had placed upon you Myself, no yeah. one else yeah i mean it doesn't matter if i do it or not but then i'm in there and i'm sweating like <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> but i'm actually enjoying it <laughs> while i'm doing it it's a but it's a weird sense of enjoyment because it's like i don't have to do this mm. but i'm gonna i'm gonna feel way better just by doing it well let's get into a couple of other sides to this because like i know that whether you've decided that this is your goal and or whether it's been given to you or passed down as say a work group challenge that we're all gonna do this when you get to that point of realizing I don't think I can do it and whether it's Catholic guilt or not that feeling of being like fully fraught and full of this kind of terror in a way that I'm going to disappoint everyone who thought I could do this, that I told could do this. There has to be certain steps that you think people should do in that situation. If, even if it is just simply reassessing their timetable, before we go to our break and we say goodbye to our iTunes and SoundCloud listeners, what would you say is the first three things for somebody who's finding themselves at that cliff edge where they're going, I, I don't think I can do it and they're feeling like a breaking point coming I think the key is to prioritize what you want to do like what will make you the happiest what will you be most satisfied with if you do 
the run that you've committed to or not. If you reduce it and say, oh, maybe I'll just do a half marathon, will I still be happy with that? Sometimes you have to readjust your goals and then you can readjust the, the level of commitment. So maybe figure out what essentially will make you happy. Right. And whether, you know, that might not be at the highest level, mm. but if you reduce the commitment that you've made and the, oh, I had a great thing this week, um, great word, pertinacity. Get that one. <laughs> pertinacity. We're going to have to Google that right now. No, you don't even have to Google it. <laughs> what is it? It's to have the courage to commit. Okay. To, and then and to be a little bit stubborn while you're doing it. Mm. So you have to once you decide to do something, you have to be courageous in your decision to do it. So you can block out other things. You have to commit to it. So once you make the commitment, then you stick to it. Mm. And then you have to be a bit stubborn if somebody tries to talk you out of it. Because you'll meet people who will say to you, "Why are you doing that? You don't need to do that." And people say it to all me all the time. Yeah. Why would you do that? <laughs> Do you have to go? And there's like, some people who specialize in that. <laughs> that's, that's their role in your life. Going, Don't be mad. Yeah, like Rob, he says, like he goes, for, and this is, I mean, you talk to any retired athletes and they will all agree on this one thing is that they love to go out and have a few drinks and enjoy a bit of food, but you can't enjoy that if you haven't kind of burned a bit of energy to earn it. Mm. And we all feel that way because it's ingrained in us. It's in there. Yeah. And you just, I, I don't know, maybe there's a little bit of um, um, vanity. Like you, you don't want to let yourself go. Yeah. You know, you've got yourself to yeah, a certain yeah. level. The image. And, you know, often athletes at the end of the season, you just relax a bit or, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, any person, if you go out there and you run a marathon and they just let it all go afterwards. But then there comes a time when you have to draw the line and you have to start again and get mm -hmm. yourself back on track. You know, you have to keep between the lines for, yeah. because it, I think we're more stable when we do that. And you have that little structure and routine to your life. And every now and then you let yourself go, but then you can pull yourself back in again. Well, we've got so much more to get to in the second half of our conversation with Sonia on this uh, issue of overwhelm and dealing with the commitment that comes with your commitments. This uh, Sunday, this is, first of all, Sonia, this is still so <laughs> weird to look you uh, right in the eye as we do this. You'll have the opportunity to look Sonia right in the eye this weekend, Sunday, August 8th, the first ever Irishman running abroad meetup run. Join our running club on strava.com to get the full details and we will see, uh, we will both see you there. If you are coming along, maybe consider donating to our chosen charity partner, jigsaw.ie, via my iDonate page. Uh, linked in the info or in the group. It's going to be fun. I want to get some good snaps of the event So if you know a photographer who would like to get up early on a Sunday and go for a run with us Get in touch irishmanabroadpodcast at gmail.com That's it for our listeners on iTunes and SoundCloud for a further 30 minutes of this podcast including Sonia's tip of the week your questions answered uh, head over to patreon.com forward slash irishmanabroad we'll also be talking more specifically about Simone Biles self-talk and how you can actively deal with your overwhelm a few strategies that we've found from mental health websites around and about the place you can also get the illustrated episode notes discounts on our running gear from hairybaby.com and of course access to hundreds more episodes from the Irishman Abroad archive it only takes a couple of clicks 
and the price of a coffee and you're in. We will talk to you next week otherwise. Thanks very much. One of the keys to like maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise wise. Imagine you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress.